and welcome to the Soconomics Podcast, the home of football economics. My name is George Lyons, and every Friday I'll be joined by a special guest from all areas of the footballing world, along with our own team of expert journalists from the Soconomics website, where we'll be delving into the economical, financial, business, and legal matters behind the beautiful game that we all love. If you're a fan of football and want to get to know more about what goes on behind the scenes of your club, or the impacts that football has on the economy and vice versa, continue listening and consider subscribing to us on YouTube and Spotify. If you're a football fanatic and weekly podcasts just aren't enough, head over to our website, soconomics.net, where you can find more in-depth articles on all the latest topics in football economics, written by myself and our brilliant team of journalists. Today I was joined by our latest member of the Soconomics team, and I'm very, very excited to introduce you guys to him, is Cameron Basnek. Um, Cameron has recently graduated from Adelaide University with a Bachelor of Commerce, majoring in Management. He's also soon to begin his Master's in International Management. And he actually has a lot of involvement in soccer as well around uh, Adelaide. So he actually started up and is still currently the president of the old Concordian Soccer Club uh, in the Collegiate League in South Australia. Basically, he and a couple of his mates started the team together and yeah, basically built it up from the bottom and they recently got promoted this season and it's a very, very exciting little project that they've got going on and yeah, it, it just goes to show his skills that he has and how he can implement those in real life situations, especially in football. Um, on today's episode, we were talking about the A-League transfer system and why it is so flawed, so flawed and why it's actually limiting the game in uh, Australia. Um, it's not just the A-League, it actually trickles down all the way down to the rest of the Football League system in Australia. Um, and yeah, just saying what we can do to try and make a difference. There has been some actual activity in the real world of where the FFA or the Football Federation of Australia has been looking to try and make changes to try and improve the transfer economy in Australia. Um, but this is just to go to show what is actually going wrong and why why football is actually stagnating in Australia and why the league isn't actually growing as much as we thought it might have been 15 years ago. Um, I hope you enjoy this one, guys. Uh, if you haven't already, check out Cameron's uh, article that he's written. It's probably our most read article on the website, so we've had a lot of awesome feedback. It has gone a little bit viral. Uh, check it out on the Soconomics.net uh, website, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. All right, I'm going to stop talking. Let's get into it. What's up, guys? George Lines here. Welcome back to the Soconomics podcast, where today I'm joined with our very own Cameron Buznick. How are you, man? Yeah, very good. How are you? Very, very good. Very, very good. Um, it's to a lot of you guys, you'd see that Cameron is a new face. That is because he is a new face. So <laughs> welcome to the team, Cameron. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't expecting me to say that, were you? you know, Good to like, be here. Yeah, no, excellent, excellent. And uh, today we're going to be talking about Cameron's uh, debut article, which is the A-League transfer system and why it's broken. Um, we got a lot of good feedback on this 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 article, like smashed it straight away. Um, popular topic, obviously. Yeah, very, very <laughs> popular topic, obviously very close to home and obviously a touchy subject for some. Um, but yeah, basically a quick rundown of what's going on. The the Something has to change in the Australian Football Federation mm. and the exactly. way they've structured it, right? So the way really that our football system is set up, just for those that aren't aware, if you're from you know, interna- interna- yeah, international <laughs> audience, <laughs> got the Good camera's start. right already. That's it. <laughs> um, so it is kind of similar um, to the English sort of football pyramid set up. So we have our top league, which is the A-League. Mm-hmm. Um, that consists of, well, I should know that, 10, 12 teams. I don't even know. There's yeah. a new team every year now. There's a couple joining soon. You've got uh, MacArthur's joining in. You've got Western United joined, joined last season. Joined it. Joined it. Joined it. Um, nice. 
So yeah, yeah it's expanding, but it's still quite small. Um, it would be yeah. you know roughly half the size of the Premier League. Yeah, and the season doesn't go for very long. Like no. the, the teams usually play each other more than twice sometimes. Yeah, you play them normally about three times, I think. And right. then you have a final series, so that's sort of similar to the American model. Yeah. Um, where you have your finals playoff tournament, so you have your your first past the post type, you know, season champion. Yeah. Um, and then you have the more prestigious grand final winner. Um, yeah. Which is more of just an Australian thing. Yeah, I was, I was going to say when I first moved to Australia, I I was like, I don't I don't like the final system because it's like, why would you celebrate winning a one off tournament between six teams mm. as opposed to hey we've been the best throughout the entire year? Well, that's the funny thing as well, the fact that it's from six teams and the original yeah. A League had ten teams. Yeah, yeah. So it, it meant like, that you could finish in the bottom half of the league and go through to the grand final and win it technically. And it would have been so like it would have been so volatile back then as well. I'm sure there's a few Premier League fans that would like that, you know, mid oh. table clubs getting into the finals and winning. Hundred percent. Sounds something like <laughs> Man United just coming back on yeah. the back end of the season. Yeah, you know, a good yeah. underdog story. Good underdog story. Yeah, <laughs> little teams like Man United. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so under under the A League, you have mm. what's called the National Premier League. Yeah. Um, the best way I can describe this is non-league football for mm. the UK viewers. Yeah. Um. So it's made up of. Uh, a numerous amount of different levels of leagues that fall under the National Premier League banner. Uh, so you have like MPL 1, 2, 3, all the way down to whatever it is yeah. for each different Australian state. Mm-hmm. So you have MPL ACT for the Canberra, uh, New South Wales, New South, uh, New South Wales again, you have a northern one, so they just have a lot of leagues. Uh, Queensland, South Australia, Tasmania, uh, Victoria, uh, mm-hmm. and Western Australia. And they all have different different like levels. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, South Australia has a MPL one. Yeah. Um, they have a state league, which is the one under that. They have a state league two, and then it goes into um, what's called regional leagues, mm-hmm. uh, which is really just sort of semi-professional, social, like your Sunday league almost type. Yeah. Um, in comparison, uh, MPL Victoria has a further nine. So including the top leagues, so they have there's the A League and there's nine Victorian levels. Of course they do. They always um, have to be better than everyone else. Yes, yes. This one of the smallest states with the most people. None. Of, I hate it. I hate it. Most like England. It, it very much. Victoria is basically England. <laughs> yeah, Melbourne is like Manchester. It rains all the time, and it's just not great. But um, carry yeah, on. So it's it's yeah. For, after after you you have your A League, it gets very sort of similar to the confer- conference level, mm. uh, where you're technically on the same level, but you have different competitions in different parts of the company. Uh, company, <laughs> different parts of the country. That's that's essentially because like it, it becomes very expensive to travel mm. around that sort of stuff. Exactly. I mean, you can imagine in conference, it's hard to get around anyway in the UK. Imagine in yeah. a, a country the size of Australia, like mm. it'd be pretty hard for a team to. Mm. If you've got a team around. in Western Australia um, and they have to buy a team in you know Sydney, um, that's like traveling across the UK like three four times just to get to the game and then come back as well. Yeah. Not um, fun. Not fun. Yeah, so it's quite a big it's quite a big uh, quite a big country unfortunately. Yeah. But in saying that, you know, you might be asking well, why is it called a national premier league when you don't really play anyone else for another state? Yeah. Uh, they do have in typical Australian fashion uh, a final series. Ah. So the winner of the MPL MPL 1 yeah. top top second division mm-hmm. um, they go into a national tournament. Right, um, and then they become the you know MPL winners of the you know national tournament thing. Hey. So that's how they sort of get the national part. And um, the interesting thing with Australian football is the lack of promotion relegation between the very top, the A League, and everything below that. Uh, so everything below A League has promotion relegation, you mm-hmm. know, to an extent. Um, 
different leagues. Like when you get to your regional leagues, yeah. Um, for example, in South Australia, we have the Collegiate League. Mm-hmm. Um, that has its own promotion relegation between its own divisions, um, but there's no stepping stone up to the MPL from there. But in all the MPL leagues, they have promotion relegation. So you can go from MPL Victoria 6, you know, get on a good winning streak and nice big road to glory. That'd be know, good. As, That'd be as, good. As, uh, your FIFA and FM players like. That's it. Um, and you could theoretically make it up to MPL Victoria 1. Yeah. Uh, but you can't go any further. You can't get into the A-League. It's, it's so weird. It's so weird. I, yeah. I don't understand because well, it's like, why are you stopping us from mm, and it's achieving similar, greatness? It's similar to the MLS thing yeah. of like an expansion. Yeah. Um, so it actually costs money to go in or you have to provide a sort of business plan or business case to go in. Okay, right. So originally it was started with 10 teams mm-hmm. um, to have at least one team in every state mm. uh, except for Tasmania. Right. Because they're not a state apparently. <laughs> According Ow. to in 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 the eyes of the FFA, that that must have been the thinking. Yeah, that's um, it. They just didn't want. They just didn't want to go there. So they? it was sort of yeah, like a, a franchise system, similar to a lot of other Australian sports, like um like rugby, um you know Australian rules football. Uh, they saw having a team in every every different state, you know, to be able to try and uh, capture as much of the fan base that they could. Hmm. Um, and since then, it was very stagnant. There was no growth. There was no extra teams coming in until pretty recently. A couple yeah. of teams folded. Yeah. Um, you had right. your... North Queensland Fury. That's the one. That's it. I remember those. And then, was it, was there another one? Because North, uh, North Queensland... Gold Coast was, United. Was that's the one. one. I was going to say, that, that, was, that was the one with um, Shane Smeltz. Yes. And uh, Joel Porter. Joel Porter <laughs> used to be my coach. Hey. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. I know. But, brag? Uh, uh, brag. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. <so> nah. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> with, with those teams folding, they had to obviously bring in new teams. So teams like uh, Western Sydney United. Um, yeah. who quite famously ended up winning the Asian Champions League. Mm-hmm. So the Asian Confederation's version of the UEFA Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, and they massive. were the well, they're the first and only Australian team to win it. That's massive. Um, it was massive when it happened, I remember. Yeah, and they'd only, been, they'd only been in existence for a couple of years because they weren't Crazy. like an MPL club that they brought up and allowed to go join. They were a completely new club formed, you know, from scratch, essentially. Yeah. Um, so it was a really, you know, amazing achievement. Huge. They had like Aaron Moy. Mm. Aaron, they had Aaron Moy in their team. Now a, great, uh, great player. Now a Brighton legend. That's um, it. Some, some may say. It, absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah. So pretty much, we've got this system down packed. What's wrong with it? Well, unfortunately, um, the player movement between these leagues is quite well, not quite. It's very complicated. Right. Um, so the A League itself will start there. Yeah. Start at the top. Uh, so if, example, we'll say you're, you know, Melbourne Victory. Yep. Okay. And I'm Adelaide United. Okay. You've got, you know, a striker that I want to, I want to have. He's pretty good. Um, normally, you know, let's say we're in the Premier League, I would just make a transfer offer, you know. Yeah. Let's say two, two million, you know, to you. Two mil. To say, oh, I want to buy him. Um, then we'll, you know, negotiate throughout the contract, you know. Contracts. Yeah. It's pretty straightforward. Um, in the A-League, you can't do that. You cannot offer another A-League club a transfer fee. Uh, everything is done from free agency. And so players running off of contracts and they're moving for free. Um, I, I don't get it. I'm, I'm as shocked as you are because mm. it's it to me, that, 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 that makes no sense. And once again, that's just an Australian thing. Um, yeah. Look at the AFL. Yeah. Um, they only recently introduced free agency. Did they? Um, I'm pretty sure. Some, I'm not, I don't follow AFL. Hands up. An Australian doesn't really follow the AFL. <laughs> Um, but they had some change with their free agency rules um, not too long ago. Um, right. Yeah, so 
it's it's a pretty Australian thing. Yeah. Um, it's pretty foreign to a lot of, you know, foreign <laughs> viewers. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I See, I can understand why they would have implemented that rule at the very start of the A-League because mm. it was like, okay, this is going to be very volatile. The rich are going to just take the good players. Yeah. And like, we haven't quite got the attraction yet to bring in the players to make sure that it's an equal divide. Mm. But it's, it's it's been a long time. Like, yeah. it's been what, like 15 years? 15 years, yes. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so in addition to that, you have a salary cap. Um, I can't remember the exact number. I think it's 3.2 million. Okay. Um, but there's also a price floor on that. So each team has to spend at least, I think it's 90, 95% of that. Oh. Um, each year on wages. So that gets allocated to the yeah. teams from the FFA, right. the governing bodies. So, you know, UK's FA, we have FFA. Yeah, how original. Just to make it, you know, a bit confused. A bit of a tongue twister, really. <laughs> um, yeah, so they get allocated the money from the TV deals they have for the league. Yeah. And then they use that money to give the clubs to, you know, with that, that salary cap. Right. Um, now, this is where it gets a bit confusing. So... There are certain, similar to like homegrown players in the UK, how you have to have like a certain amount of them. You know, it's similar here. Yeah. You need to have a certain amount. Um, but then you have what's called a marquee player. So they can be paid outside of the salary cap. Um, so that's where it gets really interesting where you have your divide between your poorer and your richer clubs. Yeah. Um, because, you yeah. you know, if you haven't got the money, you can't afford an Alessandro Del Piero like Sydney, oh. Sydney, um, Sydney FC did. I can't believe they got him. That's cool. Or, or Emil Heskey, yeah, obviously. Emil Heskey. Oh, don't, don't, uh, don't knock her. We also had uh, Romario. We had Romario. To play for Adelaide United, you know, when he was about 60. <laughs> uh, William Gallas played for Perth. Yeah, I remember that. A couple yeah. of big names. Yeah. David Villa. Yeah. David Villa for Melbourne City for about, you know, three seconds. Um, he was literally there for like two games, wasn't he? Two games while he was getting ready to play for um, New York City. Yeah. Yeah. God, they're cheap, aren't they? Absolutely cheap. That's another gripe. That's another article, maybe. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> why? Why we are so. But cash yeah, so tight. you have your marquee spot. I think it's one or two. I can't quite remember. But there's an, they recently introduced a additional marquee spot. Okay. Um, this was sort of affectionately known as the Tim Cahill rule, um, because it was Melbourne City. Um, so you know, uh, everyone's aware of the City Group. So yeah. this is their Melbourne team. Yeah. Um, they wanted to bring in another marquee. So they already had a striker called Bruno Fornaroli, who was a fantastic striker for them, just banging in goals. Very um, good Uruguayan. Mm, mm. Very good international player, which we'll get onto in a sec. But, yes. Um, they didn't have room in the salary cap to pay Timmy Cahill. Right. Um, the joke was that you know he wanted to join a club with a vision, uh, with dollar signs. Hundred um, <laughs> percent. But uh, so you know Melbourne City uh, lobbied the FFA, and you know one thing led to another. And there was a new rule implemented that uh, the FFA will allow you to have an extra uh, marquee player if they meet certain criteria. So if they're going to raise the standards of the game. So like a Del Piero yeah. or you know a Tim Cahill, one of Australia's greatest of players. I believe our top goal scorer internationally. I, I think he is. If not, he's up there. Um, you know, pre-recognisable face. Yeah, so yeah. You know, raising the status of the game, because that is a big objective of the FFA, is mm. to try and you know, increase fan attendance to games. Mm. Um, you know, we're in a very saturated sports market here, so, you know, that makes sense. Yeah, 100%. Um, unfortunately, though, from what we saw in the following years is that that rule uh, was used to just not allow anyone else to bring in yeah. extra marquee players. Yeah. Uh, so, for example, I just got this up before we came here, just so I remember his name. Uh, Luca Tony. So, Adelaide United yes. wanted to bring in Luca Tony using this rule. They already had uh, Eugene Galakovic yeah. was their uh, marquee player. Really? Yeah. 
Who was that marquee player? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, best keeper in the league. Oh, no. He, was he is Australian Buffon. Yeah, he is. He is. He's um, single-handedly. So yeah, we had him dominance. as our marquee to try and keep him, but so we also wanted to bring in Luca Tony. Um, now, for those that don't know, Luca Tony uh, have his career stats here from Wikipedia. You know, nice and trustworthy. But <laughs> five hundred and eighty-six games, uh, two hundred and sixty-eight goals. Wow. Played for teams. I oh, played for a lot of teams in Italy, um, but you know, Brescia, Palermo, Fiorentina. You know, Genoa, Juventus. Yeah. The, um, the main one was Bayern Munich, though. Bayern Munich, though, yes. 2007 to 2010, Bayern Munich. 60 appearances, 38 goals. But not to mention, so, like, he was obviously a bit older, you know. Being a, a smaller league, you do tend to attract bigger stars when they're sort of coming to the end. Yeah. You know, your re- retirement league. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah. you've got to do what you've got to do. That's it. Um, so, but he was coming off the back of playing at Verona, where he had played 95 games and scored 48 goals. Mm. Um, and he'd only been there for three years. Well, and one of those seasons he like got joint golden boot with Higuain. I believe so. He? Yeah. Yeah. So he was still banging in goals. Like yeah. he wasn't. He was no slouch. No, not um, at all. But he didn't meet the FFA standard for raising the um, quality of the game in Australia. Oh my god! Like Serie A golden boot winner within the last couple of years um, wasn't good enough. So that's where sort of a lot of these sort of rules. Um, you can see the sort of thinking behind them to try and equalise the, you know, the playing field. Yeah. Um, but in reality, over time, you can sort of see the discrepancies uh, and why it's not working. And so we mentioned all this is a long-winded way of saying um, that although there's a lot of regulation in place for a reason, um, the objective that they're trying to get, which is to level the playing field, it isn't working. Um, so why should we keep these other regulations that are just hampering? the development of the entire football community really in Australia. Yeah, and that's, that's a general feel, isn't it, like around Australia mm. and, um, and A-League fans is that these rules are, are, are literally stunting the growth of the sport in Australia, but also the, the league's growth. And it's not it's not just the A-League, it's also the teams, like you said, that are lower down. Even though they're not, they can't get into the, like, into the, into the A-League, the, Everything trickles down to them. There's a knock-on mm. effect that goes on because you know if you can't attract players to come over, how are you supposed to exactly improve the game? And even all the way up to the national team. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, national teams are a great way to engage fans. You know, World Cup um, time. You know, countries see massive increases in fan engagement and fan interest in the sport. Um, you know, when Australia, you know, made it to the quarterfinals, the 2006 World Cup. You know, didn't go so well against Italy, but yeah, you know, you'd think we were a soccer country. The amount of fan engagement and just people that hop on because it's like right, well, you know, we're we're passionate about our country, especially in sport. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, it's very big here in Australia. It is. Um, and yeah, the amount of people that's hopped on, started supporting the national team. That's that's a golden opportunity to get people involved in the sport and like following the sport, playing the sport, watching the sport. Um, mm. But if your national team is not very good, it's pretty hard to convince people that this is a, a sport worthwhile to invest their time in. Yeah. But to, the 2006 like squad mm. was amazing. Mm. Our, it, our golden generation. Dead set. But, and, oh, man. It, it actually, the, the whole reason why the Australian national team is not as good or there isn't as many like big na- household names these days is it's actually a direct like result of these rules and mm. the, the, the actual domestic side of things, like everything down to the Australian Institute mm. of Sport and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, that's going to get onto like a yeah. complete different tangent, but we'll get into that in a sec. But yeah, to, yeah. Finish, to finish off the uh, transfer regulations, yeah, um, 
you obviously have a loan system. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't loan players over the age of 23 between A-League clubs, and you're only allowed two. So you can't loan out more than two, and you can't loan in more than two. Oh, my God. Um, there is then the international cap. So there's a cap on how many international players you can have, which is five, uh, which is fine. You know, you you want to bring in international players that have a bit of, you know, you know, flair or just mm. higher, you know, like like, like, like Luca Tony has an experience yeah. of playing at the highest level yeah. of the game that the world can offer. Yeah. Um, you know, that experience is invaluable to players that have, you know, never been able to leave the country to play. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great way to improve the standard, you know, improves coaching, improves everything. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you still want to give Australian players and young players playtime with those players. 100%. 100%. Um, now, interestingly, if an A-League club was to sell a player internationally so say we aaron moy for example he went from um well this is a bit of a bad example but yeah because um, well, he's matt ryan city. matt ryan brighton's current uh keeper when mm-hmm. he went from i believe it was central coast mariners uh he yeah. went to club bruges over mm-hmm. in belgium mm-hmm. uh they would have received a transfer fee for that yeah but if they had sold him to melbourne victory or you know another a-league club uh they wouldn't he they they would have had to wait until his contract uh ran out or he could have just complained really and just said I don't want to play for you anymore and they would mutually end the contract uh, which happens Mm -hmm. Um, he would just go for free and that'd be you know down a first choice keeper who as we've you know his Premier League quality we've now seen yeah he's a great goalkeeper Um, he's a fantasy team favourite as well and and they get nothing for it Um, and it's the same obviously if they want to buy a player from international like they want to buy a player from Europe Mm -hmm. like a marquee player you know international player they obviously pay a transfer fee yeah um so that's where the sort of outside the salary cap things come in, yeah. where the bigger teams can still afford to get the better imports, mm. uh, the better marquee players in. Mm. And as the as you see, like the the clubs that win the league most of the time are your Sydney's, your Melbournes, um, even your Brisbane's for one stage that just have incredible imports compared to the rest of the league. Yeah. Um, you know, Sydney had Del Piero. Like, yeah, we could never get Del no, Piero. Exactly. Never. Never. Um, but like it. This this is. Like what the the real problem is with that that transfer like fee thing. So obviously mm. there's other issues with the transfer system. The main the, the the problem with this one in particular is there's no incentive of keeping quality players in the league mm. for unless it, they're going to stay at their club. Because if a club knows that they've they've got a quality player, they're either a going to try and keep him there because they're not going to make any money from him selling him to within within the league system. Yeah, exactly. They're gonna they're going to sell him internationally but not only are they going to receive a fee that's going to make them way more competitive compared to everyone in the system but that player is no longer playing in Australia like it, it, and, and, it, and while that's good for the player because um, evidently the quality of coaching you know often is very high yeah. compared to what we have here uh, internationally mm. it doesn't help improve the game domestically no. um, you know and if we can bring the level of the domestic play you know domestic coaches up that's when we can compete on a national stage. 100%. Um, All the best leagues in the world are from the best countries in exactly. the world. Exactly. And the whole idea of the salary cap trying to even um, the playing field out, um, unfortunately, if you look at the winners of the last 15 A-leg seasons, mm. um, there is only a handful of teams that have actually won it. Mm. And that gets even smaller when you think about teams that have won it more than once. Um, so I believe Sydney have won it five time, four or five times now, Sydney FC. That's one club. Let's have a look. I know we've, we've only won it once, eh? Yeah, Adelaide United won it once uh, yeah. recently. I yeah. remember that. It was my 18th birthday. We won the league. Really? Very good day. What a day. I remember that day too. Got first, time, first time gone to a pub legally. 
<laughs> Love that. Uh, yeah, so Sydney's won it the most times, five times. There you um, go. So that's a third of the league's existence been won by one team in a league that's meant to be, you know, fair and competitive. Yeah, yeah, it's um, supposed to be. But uh, hey, capitalism finds a way. <laughs> Even though it's not a capital. But yeah. Sydney's not the capital of Australia, people. No, Neither is Melbourne. It's a very tiny uh, micro-state type thing called Canberra. Yes, that's right. Which is inside New South Wales. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's inside. It's got its own state inside of a state. Think Vatican City. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> hey, I never thought about it like that. That'd, that'd be great. Um, um, yeah, so basically, like, although there's, there's the lack of transfer fee ability for clubs domestically, and the idea of that is like, so you don't obviously have your Sydney FC, who are probably one of the richest clubs in Australia, mm. um, just saying, right, you know, good player from a smaller club, we'll pay you money and you come over here. But yeah. the problem with that is, though, these players are leaving the smaller clubs anyway because if they can't go to Europe and they can't win a champ, like they can't win a championship or a league with their current club, mm. they want to, you know, as a player, you want to win stuff. Like, hundred percent. You know, although you play for the love of the game, you still want to, you know, winning is still important. Yeah. Especially at a professional level. We ain't so Tottenham. You, if if you are offered a contract by a bigger club, you will just run down your contract, or you would just ask for it to be mutually terminated by the club yeah. and go play with them anyway. That's what that's what happened with Bruce Kamau, isn't it? Mm. For Adelaide United after we won the after exactly. the final, he was like, "Well, I want to go play for a bigger club. Melbourne City's offering me money. Exactly. Can I go? Exactly. No, yeah. It's and it's it's a, it makes it hard for for smaller clubs to actually hold on to players, and it also makes it hard for them to sort of financially bring in new players. Mm. Um, and although you know, okay, they've lost the player on the free, they mm. can then get a player back on the free. Yeah. You know, most of the time you're getting aging players, you're getting older players, and this is what's referred to as the A-League merry-go-round of players. It's just the same players circulating back and forth. One hundred percent. They get, you know, go to one club, don't work out, so they then go to another club, or they, you know, might do something well there, they go to another club. Yeah. There's never, there's, there's very rarely a fresh injection of yeah. new players, which would potentially come from the NPL, the lower leagues. Yeah, the NPL is great. The NPL is actually really good. And the F, the FFA Cup, so our yeah. version of the FFA, uh, FA Cup. Yeah. Um, has really highlighted that. There yeah. has often been, you know, your giant killer stories, just like the FA Cup. You have your small league teams going on insane cup runs. Yeah. We even had, so um, Adelaide United had an emergency loan from, I believe it was Blacktown City, for a player called Danny Choi. I remember him. He was great. He became a cult hero in Adelaide. Um, like, young winger. Yeah. Very quick, very skillful. Um, played unbelievable for us. Now, unfortunately, we didn't end up signing him. Um, yeah. Or making that move permanent, but he played a handful of games for us just in the cup. We were so injury ridden, yeah. um, and he was unbelievable. It was just, it was similar to it's a bit of a high low comparison. But Marcus Rashford when he came into Man United, yeah, it was just that was sort like of that. burst of youthful exuberance and yeah. you know just pace, skill, determination. He's yes. like, right, well, I'm only going to be here for so long, probably. So I'm going to get everything I've got, hmm. and it's unbelievable. He was um, great. I miss and, that guy. And no. You can just see that there's so much quality in the NPL. Recently, so Adelaide United signed, uh, what's his name now? The centre-back, Gregory Timothy? 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 I, I don't know. So I, he, honestly, I've, I've been real out of it. <laughs> so he was playing for an NPL Victoria team um, and was picked up by Schalke, I believe, in the Bundesliga. Played minutes for Schalke. Obviously wasn't you know tearing up the Bundesliga, but hmm. the fact that Schalke thought he had potential, he was good enough for them to invest money into... One, um, of the, one of the best youth systems in the world, mm, by but, the way, Schalke. But no A-League team thought he was good enough. They didn't think he was experienced enough. Didn't think he was you know, physically, technically good enough. Hmm. Um, so A-League, passing up on a player. 
Bundesliga thinks they're good enough. Yeah. And now, funnily enough, he's Adelaide United have no. paid money to have him now. Yeah, paid paid for him. Mm, paid That's... because the problem with MPL to A League transfers is there actually is allowed to be transfer fees, mm. but they're capped at fifty percent of what they would earn for the rest of their wage on the rest of their contract. It's um, excuse my language. Fuck all. Mm. <laughs> no, it's crazy. It's fucking terrible. Obviously, if you think the lower leagues of you know, England, like obviously A-League is not as developed as the UK's football system, yeah. you know, which is understandable. Been around for fif- The A-League as itself has been around for 15 years. Obviously, the yeah. predecessor to that, the NSL and these clubs, a lot of have been around for ages, but there's just not the same infrastructure there. There's not the same footballing culture no. in Australia that facilitates that sort of growth. Hmm. Um, so although you have, you know, teams like, we well, want to say Marconi Stallions, um, you know, one of the most successful dominant teams um, in Australian football history, um, if you can look before the A League was started, you had the NSL, which is what the A League is essentially the Premier League. How yeah. it was formed as a commercial deal mm. on top of the pre-existing like first division. Mm. So that's sort of what the NSL was. But here, the NSL was dissolved, and then it ended up becoming the NPL, which was then split up into different states. So it's a bit confusing, but yeah. um, the article does explain that a bit. If this is a bit long-winded. Yes, definitely. We'll have the link down below. Don't worry. Mm. And yeah, definitely check it out. But it's like it's it's weird, isn't it? Because there's the 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 hampering the hampering the growth. But like also, where is the incentive? Because mm. as you said, what so the actual what's the most an MPL team has has actually received in terms of a transfer fee? Because like wages are actually quite a lot. Anyway. Yeah. Well, so unfortunately, the there isn't much information on that. Like transfer market obviously doesn't go down to um, MPL. Yeah. Um. But the the wages aren't much. Like a lot of these clubs, they especially in the MPL one, the bigger clubs, they're actually part of a bigger social club. Mm. So originally with Australian soccer, it was a very ethnically, um, like divided, wasn't it? Well, yeah. Like a, a club would be the the center of an ethnic community within a group. So. You, um, there's always a big Croatian population in a certain area or a big mm. Greek or a big Italian. Um, so Sydney FC, its predecessor was Sydney Croatia. So that was the Croatian club. Here yep. in Adelaide, there's Adelaide Raiders, yep. which is a Croatian, Croatian. club. Yep. Um, you have your, your Greek and Italian clubs. Um, and that's how it always was. And so there was sort of the the real community you know, centre for those, for those communities. Mm. Um, and that's how a lot of them still are, those, these NPL clubs. They still are, yeah. Um, and so they had their social clubs. They might have... Um, you know, other clubs are there, but so they can raise a lot more money, but they've still obviously got to run these other things. Yeah, the the, the fee, like the co- actual costs of running a, a, a soccer club in Australia is huge. Mm. It's it's huge. It's ridiculous. Not to mention just the lack of infrastructure there is here. Um, yeah, you know, there isn't anything outside of A League. There isn't going to be a stadium with more than ten thousand. I would, I, I'm not off the top of my head. I can think of an NPL club. No, like not, not even. You'd be you'd do good to get a thousand people. Mm. Obviously, some games, you know, big derbies um, between mm. a lot of the, you know traditional rivals, maybe. Yeah. But you know, it's very, it's a lot. It's a lot less developed, obviously. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you, the the compensation these teams get really is not much. Yeah. Um, which is why, unfortunately, um, the clubs end up having to pay junior, uh, having to charge players to to pay. So obviously, their first team players they don't charge because they pay them normally. Yeah. Um, you know, reserve team players maybe, but it, it falls to the burden on the juniors. Um, and that's a real problem with Australia is the accessibility, the pay-to-play system that we have. Um, teams are charging upwards of a thousand, you know, fifteen hundred, some maybe even two thousand dollars a season um, 
for kids to play for them. For kids. For kids. And obviously the parents are playing that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, the kids <laughs> have to do it out of their birthday. You know, unless, unless you can get a scholarship or, or the, you know, you show that you're good enough that they'll invest money into you, hmm. you can't play. So that locks out a pretty huge, like, that's a lot of money. Huge. Given the fact that, they're, like you said, sport in Australia is so saturated and sports like AFL or, mm. or rugby, uh, rugby, cricket, tennis. Yeah. All of these are much cheaper to play. Mm. Um, people who generally pay, play play soccer play it for life in Australia because yeah. they do it because they love it. It's, it's not it's not just a, a fact that they happen to start playing it and they happen to be good at it. It's like they'll play because they love it. Mm. That, that's why. Because they have to pay so much to have to play. Um, it really is crazy. It's ridiculous. I, I, I find it so weird because it's, it instantly decreases your catchment of players mm. it, it, and it turns it, into an almost sort of elitist sport because mm. you know if, if you're playing at a club from you know let's say under eight um mm. and you're playing all the way up and to, let's say you know you play for the club your whole life you start at like say you're under eights you play all the way up you go you know nines tens you know 11s 12s 13s 15s 16s 18s reserves and onwards right yeah you might be playing there for you know seven, eight years before you make a, a you, you you sign like a, a semi-professional contract. Mm. That's ten, fifteen grand mm. to play soccer. Like to play soccer for fun. Mm. Yeah, like you, I wouldn't yeah. do it. It's I, crazy. If, yeah, if I if if I started if I was playing junior soccer, I wouldn't have played. Yeah, would not have been here. I would not have played. I would have played. I would have played AFL. I probably would have. Yeah, pr- mm. played rugby, light rugby, even though it's not really big in South Australia. And and surprisingly, despite that, it's still the most participated sport in the country. It is. Like, it's crazy. Um, yeah. They just love... They, Australia loves soccer. Mm. They love it. I, I, I'm, I'm getting a lot... I'll be get a lot of stick for calling it soccer. <laughs> Australia loves football. They love football. <laughs> but, man, like, give them a break. Like, the kids shouldn't be paying... The kids shouldn't be paying that much. If, if, if anything, like... It's 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 very backwards to the to the UK. Obviously, mm. there is a registration fee because you have to. Like, yeah. there's there's heaps of things around the back. But like, the idea is is that like um, you know, the the owners pay the pe- like the community pays. That's that's what the whole point of having a football club. It's a business. If if you're making your employees pay mm, to exactly. work for you, like, well, <laughs> of course not. That's not going to work and unless they love love the work that exactly. much. That they and unfortunately, you know, they the clubs obviously they will develop these players, these young kids all the way up, and you know, mm. hopefully the aim is that they'll play for them and be good and you know win them titles. Yeah. But when you know, say an A League an A League club might come calling, like for example, Marconi this year uh, is set to lose 10 first team players. Um, to various A-League clubs. So I think Sydney FC, mm. uh, the Western Sydney, and I believe one of the Melbourne teams, mm. um, a total of 10 players they're going to lose. Yeah. Now, obviously, they they don't hold a grudge. No. They think it's great. Mm. You're moving up to a higher level. Um, it brings prestige to their club. They mm. can say, look, we produced X amount of national team players. We produced X amount of A-League players. Mm. You know, this bloke, player A, now plays in Germany. Yeah. Um, Join us because we'll make we, you better. We can make you that, to that level, but they don't have to get compensated for that. So they put in all this time and work. They have you know volunteer coaches. Maybe they pay the coaches depending on what level they're at. But yeah. all this time and work produce produces kid from maybe you know six, seven, eight, nine years old, all the way up to maybe 18, 19, 20. Mm. and then they sign their you know pro deal. They're happy for them, but then they're out of pocket normally. You know, yeah. They've they don't they don't get compensated for it. Yeah. So for example, if they were allowed. You know, even if it was two hundred thousand dollars. That's the registration for you know a whole year, probably all their junior teams. Yeah. That they could wave from one player being sold, um, and it's the same with the A League. You know, big club buys player, good player from smaller club. 
okay, they lose the good player, but they get compensated. Yeah. They get to reinvest that. They could reinvest that in maybe two, you know, young players. Similar to like an Ajax thing. Yeah. You know, people call them a selling club, but they yeah. made the Champions League final or semi final. Yeah. That... The other year. They won the European, you know, championships multiple times. Hmm. They're making the most of their resources. Exactly. Um, and excelling. So I think that's 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 really the main thing that misses is missing from Australian football. Yeah. Is a sort of capital mobility between the big and big and small clubs yeah. and that that trickling down to the smaller um, you know, MPL systems and stuff like that. Yeah. It'd be it, and it would be nice to say that they received a fee of two hundred thousand dollars for an NS uh, an MPL player. Mm. Like that, that that would seem quite quite fair. Like that would do so much for the club. Yeah. It, it isn't that much. But so it's not that most, much. Uh, maybe it said like obviously you yeah. your Marconi's right. They're a yeah. pretty big club. They yeah. um I did read their financial reports when I'm writing this article and they do revenue is pretty pretty solid. It's right? pretty solid? That's good. But that's good. They I can't know that. they still can't afford to pay players, you know, hundred, two hundred grand a year. Mm. Um, not to mention clubs lower than that, you know, nowhere near I've got the facility like I've the highest level I played at was under eighteen through a, a state league two club. So I was at the bottom level below your sort of social level. Yeah. Um, for South Australia. Yeah. What team? Sturt. Sturt Lions. Really? Yeah. Yeah, right. I would have played against you. That's Probably. It. Probably. I do remember a, a a 10 o'clock kickoff at Port Pirie. Leaving <laughs> the house at 5am. Oh, no. Oh, um, no. I had to do that every, that every club week. was mainly run on volunteers. It, yeah, same. Um, all, all volunteers. No I, one was paid. I, I believe maybe some of the first team payers maybe were played, are paid. Yeah. But that would have been substituted with them actually having having a working role in the club. Mm. So I believe when I was there, I was, I was the under 18s goalkeeper. Mm. Um, and we brought in a new first team goalkeeper from another club. Mm. Um, and so... I believe he was paid. Don't, I'm not, you know, I won't say any names, obviously, but um, yeah. I believe he was paid. But that was because then he also picked up the role as the goalkeeping coach for the club. Right. So he Smart. had to work to get paid there. Yeah. You know, which is, you know, it's fine. Makes but, sense. Um, you know, say somehow one of our keepers went to the A League or got purchased by, a, you know, say a bigger NPL club. Yeah. Maybe we'd get five hundred bucks. Yeah, it's nothing there. Yeah, and like that's. That's not going to get very far. That I'd... that was less than I paid in Reggio for my under eighteen season. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like it's crazy. Up. It's messed up. So, pretty pretty much the the idea behind what we're trying to say here, like put it in a nutshell, there is no or there is very little um, incentive for mm. these lower teams to to produce these these youth players, which was what they were built upon back in the day before the A League started. Mm. That is why we actually had such a good national team because it was before then. Yeah, there was this like normal league system where like there was transfers there was a, an incentive to produce high quality players those players went off to Europe like mm. amazing like that was a, and that, that was, was so a real good. and that was became a real pride of the clubs and the communities around them it was like right mm-hmm. so, you know, um, I remember I think it was Joseph Skoko yeah um, I remember him he, he was, was at talking about Reading I believe so yes he was a, a Socceroos um, defender and he was saying you know how um, Croatian clubs you know him being Croatian descent yeah. I believe it was him so look really bad if I, if I, if I, I, am, I am Croatian. <laughs> um, no, no pressure. <laughs> but um, he was saying that um, Croatian community clubs have developed the most um, players for the national team. Mm. Obviously, I can't fact check that's true. I'm just going off what he said. But um, that is a massive source of pride for you know the clubs and the community. Um, yeah, that's something that they you know, that's their selling point. Yeah, that's um, it. Because they can't you know spend money. To bring in players, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's something that really—it's—it's it's just a lack of circulation. Thinking about the wider economy, yeah. you know, when they say, "Oh, we need to get um, 
consumer spending up to not go into recession. Yeah. So they want money to circulate. They want, you know, me to spend money to you so that yeah. you spend money with, you know, other person. So they spend money with so and so and then they might buy something from me. That's that's what's going on right now with the quantitative easing and all that sort of stuff. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um so it's really not like a you know, very abstract concept. It's yeah. literally just that they've really cut the circulation of money off within the leagues and yeah. it's really just allowed the sort of non financial factors and um appeal of clubs really mm. to take over yeah. so clubs that win a lot they've got more prestige they've got more likely to keep winning mm. um so they're going to get the better players and it really just ha- it really hampers the chances of smaller clubs rising up you know doing that fairy tale story doing a leicester yeah um of you know coming from nowhere newly promoted team next year they win the league like yeah that's it's, just it doesn't happen no nah. not not in australia and like um the 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 counter the counter effect that this um, lack of incentive for teams lower down to produce players, um, but when they do produce players, they have to what they basically have no choice but to offload them for nowhere near what their worth is hmm. to the A League because A League is obviously going to cherry pick. Why would they spend so much money developing youth talent? Of course they do it anyway, and they've got that appeal of hey join our youth system because you're amazing. Hmm. Of course that happens. It's just the same as scouting. But hey. We'll let these guys just produce the t- the players, and we'll like we'll just pay them this amount of exactly. money. Exactly, like, it's, it's so worth it and for like, us. I league, I league clubs didn't even have academies up until recently. <laughs> yeah, it was like, crazy. Unlike, unlike Brentford in the in England, who yeah. got rid of their academy. Yeah, yeah. We've only really just started having academies within our way around. We've yeah. just like it's crazy. We're so behind. We are so, yeah. Australia is so behind. Like we're, it's we're it's of, weird. Like most things, where there's sort of weird hybrid between the you know english way of doing things and the american way of doing things we had this sort of weird sort of you know hodgepodge amalgamation yeah you know it doesn't make any sense then because like uh they, they, there's there's actually been a few cases I, I obviously aaron moy would have been a perfect example mm. had he have been bought by man city but he wasn't because he was bought from by man, by man city to bought. then be loaned to another a-league club to yeah. been be fit within the salary cap yeah because he's not a marquee player then yeah long story we yeah. won't get into that part but pretty much like a, it's actually very acceptable for an a-league club to scout players from the national league and hey let's say i remember there was a figure going a couple of years ago that like the maximum that a player really goes for from the npl to the A-League is like $16,000. Yeah, I don't know if not, it, it wouldn't be much. It's not a lot at all. Like, I'm when I say it's not a lot, it's it's nothing. Like, and then this player would, is definitely worth more than that. Like, mm. if, if he's able to play professional soccer in, in Australia, he's definitely going to be worth more than $16,000. That's Australian dollars, not not American. Mm. They can then just sell that player abroad to, hey, China or Saudi Arabia because that's where they usually go. Mm. Of course, they go to like Europe, like Belgium and, and Germany Sometimes, is quite yeah, common. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Leagues in Asia are normally the, the stepping stone a lot. So you can, you Japanese yeah. uh, J League, yeah. K League, yeah, um, yeah, Saudi League, Saudi um, League. Amman. Mm. That's where that's where our, our exports usually go, but they can just receive a fee and like it, obviously it's going to be more than sixteen thousand. You could just literally just cherry pick the best players from the NPL and just sell them off. Mm. That's a great return on investment. Like that doesn't take long mm. at all, but that's it's that's, it's just wrong. And I'm and really wrong. And like obviously that is a great point, but um, yeah. They there is regulation around that. Is? Um, so oh, good. you have a squad size limit, very small. Yeah, I believe it's twenty five players you can have in in your club, like yeah. registered to play. Okay. Um, with you know I think it's five being internationals, 
uh, three have to be below the age of 23, um, or I believe it's like players players that are in your like reserves academy team don't count towards that. It's very it's very complicated, but yeah, um, yeah it's just it's it's honestly crazy to think that they they've really these regulations were put in with the intention of helping the league sustain itself, mm. but we're 15 years in, you know, okay, there's there's been two clubs fold, but. That was you could really put that down to the geographical locations. They were in Queensland, which is rugby country. Yeah. Um, there is ne- like not even AFL, our national game, our probably most popular game, can really get a foothold in Queensland. So what hope does soccer have? <laughs> not a lot. Um, so yeah, so they're really been the only clubs that have folded. Everyone else is still going pretty strong. Like um, the clubs are hanging around. They're they're doing fine. Yeah. Perth is good, Adelaide's fine. Yeah, I think really now is the time that you go, right, we want to try and really improve the league, Hmm. um, raise its standard and try and compete. Obviously, we can't compete with Europe most of the time, but especially within the Asian Confederation, you know, the fact that only one Australian club has ever won the Asian Champions League is crazy. Yeah. like This is Australia. And you compare our national teams. Like our, our national team, generally, since... Oh, when John John Alvisi's famous goal put us into the World Cup, um, but since the sort of yeah mid to late two thousands have made the World Cup every time, mm. um, yet we still struggle, you know, to beat teams from Saudi Arabia, you know, Oman, um, yeah. China, yeah. Melbourne Victory got slapped three one by um, one of the bigger Chinese teams recently in the Asian Champions League, yeah, you know, and these guys aren't exactly World Cup mainstays, no. No, not at all. Like it's crazy, it's but money. but but their domestic, you know, domestic league teams are just so much stronger. Um, I remember when Western Sydney finally won um, the Asian Champions League. They played Al Halal, yeah, um, and they had uh, a, like a squad of mainly Saudi players, but had a few imports. Mm-hmm. But the wages that these Saudi players were played compared to our team, it was a real David and Goliath story. Yeah. There was also uh, Guaju Evergrade, I believe, in China. Yeah. And they had, well, they had a really famous coach. I can't remember his name, but um, uh, that team was like worth a hundred million or something, or like they they'd spent a hundred million, you know, including wages and stuff like that on this team. Yeah. Compared to the A League team, which was worth like ten. Yeah. Wasn't a lot. Wasn't a lot. I, like, don't, I, yeah. I don't think we've spent a ten. I don't think we've spent a hundred million as a league. No, like it's in crazy. Fifteen years. No. So. That says a lot, hey. But what would you say we'd have to do to change? What 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 do you think should change? Well, I think the biggest thing is freeing up the, the, the transfer regulation. So the, the main thing I think would be to allow I'd still get the salary cap. Mm-hmm. I still think that's quite handy to stop, you know. The bigger club. Yeah, the idea of a salary cap I think is pretty sound. Yeah, it's but sound. Allowing transfer fees to go so that if a smaller club does lose a player to a bigger club because um, it's, it's happening now anyway so you may as well let them be compensated for it yeah you may as well and that that gives the clubs more power to actually hold on to their players because um, currently they're, they're too afraid to give them a long contract yeah they'll give them maybe a one or two year deal because they think well they might leave like and if we commit a five-year contract to them and they just say no i don't want to play anymore i just i just won't play for you well, they're stuffed. Like, yeah, I want to go play for the championship winning team, you know, that just won the Champions League mm. or just won the league. And they're like, well, we've got you under contract for three because, yeah, but I don't want to play. And they don't. They won't yeah. play. No, they no, won't and that, play. So that, that's, what, that's why you see teams and players just mutually end contracts early. 
which means they just don't get long-term deals, which means job security is, you know, lower. Yeah. So being able to, you know, receive a transfer fee encourages teams to actually sign players at a longer deal so that then if they do leave, they can get compensated. Mm-hmm. And if the bigger clubs then do end up buying all the other players, well, okay, you know. But then the, the smaller clubs then will have so much more money to invest in, whether it be, you know, stadium upgrades, you know, youth facilities, coaching, mm. or a better marquee. Yeah. You know, bringing in Zlatan Ibrahimovic maybe. Yeah. Paying him, you know, 150 grand a week because you've just gotten 15 million from selling, you know, a couple of young players. Yeah. It, um, and, the, and the talent's there. Like, the talent in Australia is there. Albemarle, a former Adelaide United player, just scored a goal in the Champions League, like, 24 hours ago. Yeah. First South Australian ever in the Champions League to score a goal in the group stages. Yes, um, bill. You know, his team just won the, I believe, the Danish League. Yeah, um, FC Micheland. Yeah. You know, Aaron, Aaron Moy, Premier League. Matt Ryan, Premier League. Schwarzer, you know, played for Chelsea, played for Fulham, legend. One of the greats. Mark Viduka, Harry Kuehl. Viduka, yeah, Kuehl, Cahill. Um, Everyone. There are so many of the quality players that we've had. Yeah. Not to mention the amount of players that just never get that call up from the NPL or the lower yeah. leagues that just never have that opportunity. Yeah. I, I, I follow, like, obviously the NPL players who go up to Adelaide United. Mm. Not recently, but I remember, like, Nikolai Milojusinic. Exactly, you know, yeah. Pacific, Nyongabu, who is incredible like he's really really good i played against him under 18s a couple of years ago and it was what was it i think it was like nine six or something like that it was a fucking crazy game maybe not defender huh I was, no 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 no, no I, I was i was left wing that game i scored two he scored five it was mad it was a Similar. mad game it's, no <laughs> that's Definitely the thing not. like yeah. adelaide united and melbourne city is a great example Adelaide United are the Southampton's Liverpool's to, uh, to Melbourne City to Liverpool a couple of years yeah. ago. The, the joke 100%. of you know Southampton being Liverpool's academy team essentially. Yeah, yeah. that's what Adelaide United are. The yeah. is we don't get any money for it. No, we don't, and we can't reinvest it. So like we've lost, so we've, we've won the league place. and we lost our right winger. We lost the centre back. We've lost like both our fullbacks like a thousand times. Then yeah, yeah, um, all the time. We always crazy. lose players. We have a great. We actually have a really good system. Yeah. Adelaide. I don't mean A League. A League sucks. Um, Adelaide United's got pretty stable, mm. but like man, it's something needs to change, man. Like it's just it, all it is is like you said, t- cash is tied up. There's no incentive for teams to improve exactly. on their own side. It's always like how how can I how can I benefit off of someone else? And that's really been a common consensus among the Australian football community of a strong domestic competition will help improve obviously the standard of all our players, but also improve our national team. And that's something we take a fair bit of pride in, like as yeah. most countries. Yeah, you know maybe we don't care so much. Until the World Cup comes on, or like a you know tournament comes on, but yeah. you know when that happens, people are pretty passionate. Yeah, you know, it's the national, it's your it. national team representing your country. Yeah, and no one wants to see their country get flogged. No, no one, um, no one does. Although we do hold the record for the biggest, biggest win. Yeah, 20, 23 nil to American Samoa, American I believe, Samoa. or twenty six. For something big like that, Archie Thompson scoring like fifteen goals. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think he was world class, wouldn't you? Oh, it's crazy! It's hilarious, but, but um, yeah, like. It makes sense. That was and, that, and it, the bottom line is that was the point of the A League, wasn't it? To mm, exactly. to improve the the domestic football league to improve the national league. It it seems to be doing the opposite. And, it, and it's crazy. Even when we've had national team coaches who have publicly said that they they want to select players that are playing in the A League, they want to reward players playing in Australia to improve the national standard. Mm. Uh, so we had Ange Postecoglou who won us the um, oh, what's it called Asian Cup, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, our Euros, essentially. Yeah. Um, one in Australia, 
amazing game, amazing awesome. tournament. Um, Adelaide United new signing Tommy Yearage with a great goal. I remember holding off about fifteen blokes and then nutmeg. Yeah. Cut back, tap in. Love it, love it. Love um, <laughs> but yeah, so in that team, um, he was the whole point was to select players from the A League, mm. reward them. Uh, currently in the current Socceroos squad, there is four players that um, play in the A League. And one of them is Adam Federici, who's literally... He doesn't even play. He's playing for MacArthur, who joined next season. Um, and he has never played for an A-League club, I believe. No. No, he's not. He's, he's he one went, of those that was like pre he went from He went from what we call um, the Australian Sports Institute. So like a, a France have one where it's like a national academy mm. of, of sport. Um, went from there to Wolverhampton Wanderers mm. and then bounced around England and Europe and stuff. Yeah. Played for Reading. Yeah, I was um, going to say he was best known for Reading, wasn't he? Yeah, and so he's now kind of come back. But the other ones um, I have in the thing... Be like Josh Risden. Yeah, Risden, um, he... Who's oh, right back. Mullet Boy. What's his name? I don't know. I should know his name. He's great. Plays for Sydney FC. I'm just trying to I've, find... I've, Here we go. Josh Risden, Ryan Grant. That's the Mullet oh, Boy. okay. Uh, Andrew Redmayne. Um, goalkeeper as well, hey? Adam Federici. So two goalkeepers and two fullbacks. Wow. And those, well, Josh Risden, Ryan Grant, Andrew Redmayne, predominantly Melbourne, Sydney yeah. clubs. Yeah. And Josh Risden's only really the one that starts, hey? Yeah. Because cause our, right, oh. our right back game's not great. Mm. But yeah, so that's like, that's four players in the entire national team squad that currently play in Australia or soon to be playing in Australia. Yeah. There you go. So it just really shows the state of, yeah. the, of the domestic game. FFA, sort it out. Mm. They have made some promises to imp- to, to sh- change things up a bit. I have seen that. Yeah, they had the um, they have a new sort of what would the word be? They have a it's called the starting eleven. So they've gotten a bunch of ex players. Vaduka is on there. Yeah. Um, who's been a very famous, long-standing uh, critic of the Australian game. Uh, so mm-hmm. much so he now lives in Croatia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to get away does. from it. Yeah, um, he does. Yeah, they've been brought in as sort of a consulting um, side to improve the game. Good. Um, but there's been, like, there's, this isn't an original idea. Like, I no. can't take credit for this being an original idea. No. There are is... so many articles written on, you know, why we need to free up transfers, or there's the, the big talking point of bringing in a national second division, like an, like an A-League 2. Yeah, um, which would be great, I feel. Yeah, it's very interesting. It. Like, yeah, it'd be, it'd, be, it'd be interesting to see how it would work, but, you know, no doubt it would improve. If it could get up, it would be a massive thing. But, yeah. There's a big debate about the feasibility of that at the moment. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. We're not we're not a small country, but It'd yeah, be tough. The but, um, yeah, the, the thirst for improvement and like it, it's it's massive out there. There's yeah. so many people are just keen to improve it because a lot of people. There's the term Euro snob here, yeah. which is you know, for example, I'm, a, I'm an Arsenal fan. Um, <laughs> haha, small club at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, obviously, I still support Leeds United. But there are plenty of people that you know live in Australia the whole life. And will just won't support an A League club because the standard isn't very good or they don't like it. But they'll support a European club. Yeah, you know, your, your Euro snob they call them. Yeah, I can, I can, I'm fine. <laughs> I'm, I am a Euro snob, so it is what it is. But yeah, the idea like is to bring people as yourself. Yeah, you know, get them out to another United game, get them yeah. involved, get them, get them there because that's actually, how we grow the game. Like we've, we've got fun. a massive migrant population here. Yeah, an expat population. Um. That come from soccer mad countries. Yeah. You know, massive population. Well, I'm pretty sure we have the largest population um, of Greeks outside of Greece in yeah, Australia. Yeah, I think we do. And like, yeah. you know, I'm not going out on them to say Greece is a pretty big soccer country. It is. 
You watched Thessaloniki? Far out. <laughs> the crowds are mad. It's crazy. And Olympiacos playing. But we, you know, we just, we just, that, that, none of that translates to success in the domestic league. And I think these are really the main reasons: is the the lack of funds to improve the game, yeah, and improve the standard. Um, mm. Yeah, just well, crazy. Right. I feel like we've pretty much covered it. Hey, <laughs> hey I, I, we, pretty much. Yeah, that, that pretty much covers everything we wanted to do, mate. It's clear to see that there's room for improvement in, mm. in Australia, in the A-League in particular. Um, hopefully, everyone's watching it and uh, something happens from this and that we can be the main the main drivers for this. But hey, we'll see what happens. It's going to be a slow process. But hey, Cameron, thank you so much for coming on. Thank oh, you my so, pleasure. Thank you so much for write, writing the article. Everyone, please check it out. Like It's it's a great article. We've had heaps of heaps of involvement on it. I'll leave the link in the description below. It's on our website, obviously, soconomics.net. Um, we'll have to have you on very very soon again. Yeah. See see um, if there's been any changes. Yeah, no. I said it was definitely a definitely an update. I'd love to write an article about it. And let's do it. You can be you can be dedicated to to that. <laughs> a league correspondent. <laughs> That's it. A league correspondent done. All right, guys. Thank you so much for watching, and uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week for another episode of Soccer Podcast. See ya. Catch ya.